At the Podflix, episode 208, Minyazavut Willie. Uh, I'm Paul. Minyazavut. Do, 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 like I remember, sobirayet gribui, which means gather mushrooms. <laughs> it was like there was like some like paragraph I had to read at some point that had that about the gathering mushrooms in the forest. And so I don't remember, I don't remember that. I if remember. I hear certain words in Russian, I know what they mean, but like yeah, sure. my ability to recall them on my end is very low. Yeah. Don't you remember we, we used to play bingo or some shit? And um, oh, a little context: me and Paul took Russian in high school. God me. knows why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize you took Russian high school too. Um, yeah. We played some fucking bingo game or whatever. And when you won, you were just supposed to say, Ya voy gral, which I don't know what the fuck that means. I think it means I am the victor. Yeah, I think so. It doesn't mean bingo. <laughs> no. Great. Whatever. Hey, we watched Tetris this week. Speaking of things. <laughs> yes. Yes, we did. And by Tetris, we mean the movie Tetris, not the game of the same name. Yeah. Um, did you guys have interest? This was my call for for once. Did you, did you guys have interest in seeing this, or was it just like, all right, we'll just watch what this fucker wants to see? I would say I had mild interest to to see the movie. Um, like I, if we had, yeah, if you hadn't called it out, I don't know, maybe I would have seen it. I would I would say the same. Like when you called it out, it was like, yeah, like that's a movie that when I saw like the thing for it, it was like I might see that. So when there was a reason to, it's like sure, why not. Before we talk about the movie, were you guys Tetris players and were you good? We were all um, playing Tetris. But like, I was going to say, like, I mean, what, what, wasn't everybody a Tetris player? Yeah, yeah, there's no way to not be a Tetris player. I definitely right. had the that the Game Boy that came with Tetris um, and played that a bunch. Do you and think then, that's how everybody experienced Tetris in, our, in America and in our generation all through the Game Boy? Or do you think some people got it through like regular Nintendo? I mean... There was everybody had a Game Boy. Like there were yeah. so many Game Boys. I probably played it more through like regular Nintendo, actually, but I definitely played it first through Game Boy. I definitely played it the links? most. Yeah, I, I yeah, sure. Eventually, eventually, my brother got one, and that was like our car trip thing. Was You'd link them, thing. link them, and play Same. Tetris against each other. Oh my yeah. god! So the the funny thing is that the idea behind that was supposed to like keep the kids quiet, but I think it caused way more fights than anything else. Yeah, sure, because it was really fucking frustrating when you're like playing, and all of a sudden it's like, like yeah, a whole like bunch of things massive came in. blocks come in. Yeah. My my other really powerful Tetris memory is from when you and I lived together, Willie. Um, there was a Tetris game that we had on our Xbox, and you really? could. Yep, and you could load your own music. You could load your own MP3s onto it, oh, it and it would up. play them, and it would speed up when the Tetris music would have sped up. It'll oh, speed that's up. cool! Like as the and levels the, go and as you get up higher. Yeah, and the, the only we thing we, the only thing we had that was compatible or that we could find that was compatible, because like that was the Napster days, and like none of that stuff worked. But like the one thing we had that worked 
for some reason was the Franz Ferdinand album. Nice. That's right. That's right. So yeah, I just remember playing Tetris to Franz Ferdinand and then it would speed up when you got close to the top and it was so yeah, weird, but it was kind of really, awesome. That is really weird. Yeah. Really fucking anxious playing that. I remember that. Ah, all right. Well, let's talk about the movie. Nish, you want to you give a quick summary of this um, based on a true story movie? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> so as I had to explain to quite a few people who I was like, I watched the Tetris movie. Um, this is not an adaptation of the video game Tetris. This is not Battleship. <laughs> right. This is not Tetris made into a movie. Uh, this is the that, story. I, I, I No. If, if they did it, I feel like it would need to be like an animated movie where, as we were joking about before we started recording, like the blocks all have different personalities. You got L block and S block and square. Man, square. Poor square. Square would Poor be square. boring. Yeah. <laughs> square would be really boring. Be and like of course, the leader of them all. The line. Yes, he'd, he'd be, be like, like the rock. Everywhere yeah. all at once. He'd just have eyeballs he'd, and sitting there. He'd have his googly eyes. Yeah, the leader would be the the long rectangular block the one the one that you wait for to get you a tetris real quick is that is that really what it's called because i would have just called it the line i don't know i don't i, I mean paul says they have official names <laughs> i think i think as a group they're called tetrinos aren't they is that something i made up in my head it could yeah you might be right this is all there's a there's a very deep lore to tetris i'm sure right this that 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 sounds familiar tet Tetra, tet, tetrominoes are the pieces. Is that what they're called? Yeah, like dominoes, but tetrominoes. Wow. But do they have names? The long or are they just angular block? It's just a line, dude. Yeah, it was. It was always line. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Tetrominoes has its own Wikipedia page. That's where I should have gone. <laughs> long rectangular block sounds sexual. Okay, so tell me about the movie, Nish. Straight tetromino. That's oh, that is officially how, what it's called. How heteronormative. Yes, exactly. <laughs> then there's square tetromino, and then tetra tetromino, L tetromino, and skew tetromino, which is the S or zigzaggy one or whatever you want to call it. They call it E? No which one? No, they call it skew. No, no, no. The 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 three one. They call it E is that what you called it? No, T. Oh, T. Oh, yeah, like yeah. E doesn't make any sense. No, no, no. No, it's it's T-shaped. Okay, enough about the Tetrominoes. So this uh, this movie is actually about the um, kind of the the legal issues and the race to get the rights to Tetris outside of the Soviet Union, like kind of the race to bring Tetris to um. I guess the West mostly, although I guess you could kind of include really, Japan right? in there. Yeah, to the, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Tetris is a game that was actually created in the Soviet Union, and so this was sort of about you know the the, the various players, so to speak, and they actually call them players in some ways, um, who are involved with you know trying to be the ones to get the rights to Tetris to be able to kind of bring it to market worldwide. And our protagonist in the story is Hank Rogers, um, who is a, you know, owner of a software, small software company and kind of, you know, had been sort of a, a programmer and, and that sort of thing, um, who, uh, you know, is kind of the, the little guy, quote unquote, in this in this uh, 
in this movie. Um, he's played by Taron Egerton. And um, we kind of follow him in his sort of efforts to, um, you know, to to kind of he, he gets sort of rights to Tetris and then he approaches Nintendo um, with the idea that, you know, you, you could make this into, you know, a game I could, you know, I could publish the cassettes and then um, and then it kind of goes from there and things get sort of more complicated over uh, over again. And then the main people he's working against to get the rights are um, a combination of uh, uh, Robert Stein, who's sort of this older man who kind of does this for a living. He, he's European. He's played by Toby Jones. Um, and he is backed by the Maxwell family. Uh, it's a kind of a publishing uh, family from um, from England um, who are basically this, you know, the billionaires, they own the, they publish the daily mirror and in, uh, mm-hmm. in, in the UK. Yeah. Well, they're more than just that. Well, we can get to that. Maybe what their, what their other sort of connections to real life events are um, as we go through, but that's kind of the, the premise. And um, they all end up kind of having to go to the Soviet union to actually try to get, um, these rights and that's where a lot of the movie takes place and a lot of the movie ends up you know dealing with sort of like the vagaries of having to deal with like kind of trying to buy rights in you know the communist country kind of in in the soviet union in the 1980s um and you know going up against sort of the whole state apparatus um and the kgb who care a lot about video games Oh uh, yeah, in this movie. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess they care about something that will that is worth a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know where to start with this. Um this was an interesting I uh, premise of the movie. Like I don't think it was based off a book. Did you do any research on like where where the script came from? I know that they consulted with um with Hank and Alexei and they asked them like, "Hey, here's the script and what do you think?" and they tried to course correct because this is there's some very pretty egregious made up Hollywoodification of things. And then there's other stuff that was pretty true, but on surface, I don't know the idea of coming to market with a movie about the rights for a video game seems kind of silly. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, first of all, it's, it's a movie, right? It's not a biography or something like it. Right. It's going to be dramatized and that just kind of is what it is. I know that Hank's daughter is was super involved in the movie she's an executive producer on the movie mm. um so i imagine there's you know you know there's a strong connection there uh but it wasn't based on anything it's not adapted from anything it's just a original screenplay right all right well we should just dig into some of the main characters first i one of the things i had notes to talk about the main characters the feeling of um it being filmed in communist Russia. Do you guys know this was filmed primarily in Scotland? Oh, really? No, I didn't know yeah. that. Interesting. The um, the what's the name of the um, of the company that made Tetris? Elora, Algora, Elorg, Elorg. Yeah, they're it's yeah. like a zoology building in a, a university in Scotland. I'm like, oof, what a depressing, nice, no. <laughs> depressing. Yeah. Uh, there is, university. there is. Brutalist architecture everywhere you look. If you, what a great, what a great communist name, by the way, Elorg. Like that just sounds like something you'd make up for a communist organization. Yeah. And and as it is in the movie, like you just know that Elorg is short for some very, 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 very yeah. long name. 
Um, what'd you guys think of um, of our protagonist, Taron Edgerton? He had a lot of work to do. I think he was he was frantic and all over the fucking place. He he had a lot of work to. I think I not to not to spoil my feelings at the end, but I want to couch this by saying um, I really like this movie um, and was not expecting to. And and a big part of that are the performances in this movie that I kind of like. I liked them all, and I thought Taron Edgerton would did a really good job in this role. And it's like, all right, I haven't seen a lot of stuff that he's been in, but, um, but I've seen like the Kingsman movies or whatever. And, and like when I saw him in the preview for this movie, I was like, really? It, like he's going to be in this movie. Like it doesn't s- seem right. I think I even commented at the time that like, ha- like for most of the trailer, I thought it was Joseph Gordon Levitt. Um, but he does a great job. Like he, he does a great job playing a guy who's like, in way way over his head and he has no way out but through and like and and you know and 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 ends up forming like a real connection with you know some of these people in russia and and yeah i thought he did a really good job you rooted for him as a character because of the performance you think um i i mean you definitely you know in, in the beginning it's hard to get a handle on him like is is he a guy who's trying to make a quick buck or is he a guy who um you know, is actually like quote unquote trying to do the right thing, and he ends up you yes, know, both, being the guy actually. doing the yeah. It, yeah, I think he, I think he like comes around at a certain point, and it's just like, you know, like he wants to make a lot of money, but he doesn't want to, you know, lie, cheat, and steal his way into it. Hmm. Do you think that 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 turned around after he finally met Alexei? I think that's what happened. So he kind of had some weird, you know programmer romance moment it was like oh, yeah fuck. I, I think i think there's a point i mean this might not be the point but i think he's like genuinely surprised when he first meets alexei which is like in sort of this conference room where he thinks he's trying to like sort of uh you know negotiate uh rights to the handheld um you know the handheld rights to tetris and then he kind of finds out that that's not a, you know that it's more complicated than that but he's like legitimately surprised i think to kind of hear that like Alexei really doesn't get anything like mm-hmm. from any of this. Um, I was a little surprised. Maybe this is normal. I don't know. But I was a little surprised at like how much he seemed to not know about like the way that communist, like the communist Soviet Union works, like like in a general sense. Like I, w- I was a little surprised like at like, I don't know, like obviously we have seen a whole bunch of movies that he would not have seen, but like <laughs> some of those movies were made before 1980, whatever, like, like we there were the movies internet, made. Yeah. yeah. There were movies made about like life in the Soviet union and like that kind of thing. Like, you know, during the cold war, like I was just a little surprised that he was like, so surprised that like they'd be tailing him the whole time that like, he wouldn't be allowed to just go in and like make a deal like, and stuff mm-hmm. like that in the beginning. Like, Anyway, that's uh, th- th- that's getting a little far afield from what you were asking, but I do think like it's around that time that he kind of comes around when he sort of realizes because he he genuinely is very happy to talk to the person who invented Tetris because like or you know who who, who programmed it because you know even if he wants to make money he legitimately feels like this is an awesome game and yeah. like and he's very I think dismayed in some ways to like kind of see that it's like oh like he like like he doesn't get to do anything like he's he's very like guarded he's just like doing his like job here and like you know meanwhile it's like this could make so much money like why doesn't he get any of it 
Right. And to your point before, Dish, I mean, they don't hit this really hard, but I think, and, and maybe they should have hit it a bit harder, but like at one point he's like, I don't know why everybody's after me. Like, I'm the only person here trying to help out like the Soviet Union and the people here. Like I yeah. am on, and, and like, and I think that's his attitude. Like, wait, right. I'm not the bad guy here. Like I am trying to make everybody rich. Like why, why, you know, why would you do this? Some of the, by the way, so, so address one of the things you said. Um, and then a follow-up question is like, so the, in real life, he, he I don't think he was as um, doe-eyed about the situation. Like in, right. I read a little bit about it. And like in real life, um, he knew specifically that his translator was KGB and there were multiple translators at his hotel being like, hey, I'll come. Tra-. I mean, he was like, in real yeah. life, he's like, I read, I, re- I read that too. Like, it's like all the people who were like translator, translators, like, well, they're all KGB, but like she kind of like stood out because she was just like more positive Dude, or whatever. He and he's said. like, fine. Yeah. 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 Um, you kind of touched on it. It was just like, you know, and only one time during the during the movie is one of my favorite parts is when he finally picks up the Game Boy for the first time. But you don't ever see him really play video games. Like, did you guys get a gamer vibe from him at all? And, and why was this game so important to him? I mean, I think he's. I think being a gamer probably meant something different at the time, but he was someone who like. The thing about this movie, it does a really good job of just showing how enamored everybody instantly is with Tetris. That like people pick it up and like they get it in like ten seconds, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Um, and while I don't get the sense that he's like the kind of guy who like you know would stay up all night playing a video game, but he's definitely the kind of guy who would like think about games and and try to create them and write them, which well, probably also know, can, like can be like a different kind of. He saw his kids put play it, and it was like cracked to them right away. Sure. Yeah, I mean, and to everybody, right? Like everybody who played it, like was immediately like totally sucked right in. I thought of you a couple of times during this movie, Paul, because there was multiple times where he kept asking, like, "Are you programming in Pascal or or what do you ask, Pascal or Cobol, or is it just Pascal or basically Pascal or, or C? C. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What did what did that mean to you as a as an engineer? Those are the first languages you learn, I assume, right? Um, well, if you're our age, they are. Yeah, um, <laughs> way back when. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think that I think that like it it was, I think it was like shorthand for like him trying to be like, oh, I'm not just a sales guy. Like I'm actually you know a computer nerd who like understands right. the stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's what they were trying. Like like you know he's got you know whatever nerd cred as it were, um, and try to get that across. Like you know. I don't know. I was pretty young in the eighties. I don't remember a big Pascal versus C war, but who knows? Maybe there was one. <laughs> right. Just the mention uh, of Pascal, Paul, very, very much like made me think of our computer science class in in high school, our seventh period class that we used to we always. Wrote, we wrote a lot of Pascal. <laughs> we did. <laughs> we certainly did. Uh, the other person that stood out to me in the movie was the person that played Alexei Nikita. Efremov? I don't know him from anything else. You guys, are you guys familiar with him at all? I thought he was excellent in this movie. He looked familiar, but I didn't look to see what he might be from. So it's a good question. Yeah, I'm not sure that I know him from anything, but I agree with you. He 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 did a really good job and had a bigger like I didn't know too much going in, but I was expecting him to be not in the movie very much. Um, and but I really liked him as he you know he shows up more and more as the movie goes on. Um, and, and, and really liked them. And I think like the, you know, the scene, like while we're talking about these two, like the scene of the movie is like the two of them at that underground 
club um you know talking about revolution and stuff like that and and like actually like bonding i thought it was a scene before when they were kind of like adjusting so that when the line would go down or the long rectangular square niche and it would like clear out all the things and they were like the game is already wild success and being played and they're like oh and he was like hey we can make this better and they're like kind of programming together and like they're first starting to bond there that was my favorite scene yeah i think i, I don't know i think i for me it was the, the scene afterwards that brought like hank really around to his side and like and 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 i don't know it i felt like it was different i mean maybe it was i mean there there's things that happen right after each other you know in the same night as the movie tells it like but that whole night was like a big pivot point for hank's character for hank not hank's character right for hank the final countdown will do that in any movie right that's right can't go wrong having the final countdown on on your soundtrack um i also one of my favorites was oleg stefan who again i don't know him from anything else but he played um kind of the main guy from he was the main negotiator trying trying to get the best yeah, deal for the royalties. I I actually liked him a fair amount for like for like kind of like a like he's not a major like he, everybody else are kind of supporting roles other you know but but with the time that was given to him what was his name Bill Bilikoff was that his name something yeah, like Belikoff, that yeah. Belikoff, Nikolai yeah. Belikoff yeah Belikoff yeah I yeah I really liked like I felt like he did a lot with what he had in that role um you know and and you you know they. He, he got a nice little I wouldn't quite call it an arc but like you know he's very suspicious he's just some bureaucrat kind of in the beginning and he's very suspicious of Hank and then you know by the end he he is again also someone who is like I'm just trying to do what I think is best for the Soviet Union and in that in this case it means you know kind of going along with Hank and Nintendo who will actually give them give the Soviet Union the most money for the game and is like offering them a very fair deal. And he kind of really sticks his neck out for that. And I, yeah, I appreciated that turn and, and sort of the way he played that part. So yeah, I, was I, a, I agree. I liked him. I was a little disappointed. I don't know if he was a real person or a composite character for the movie, but I was sure. a little disappointed to be like, he was the one character at the end. It was like, like you could see it coming at the end. You're like, all right, we're, there's, there's going to be like a, since the movie took place, here's what happened to the characters. Mm-hmm. And he, like you said, Nish, he was somebody who really stuck his neck out and like, you kind of get the impression like he's off to the gulag after this movie. Right. Never heard from again. And maybe we don't know what happened, but that's the one character I wanted to know about and didn't find out anything. Yeah. And it could be like you said that there never really was a, a Belikoff that it was, you know, a composite character or a bunch of, you know, the guy who was not a character was, um, kind of the main bad guy. Most. Yeah. What's his name? Valentin. Valentin. Yeah. He was not real. He's kind of completely yeah. made up and they just use them as a foil to kind of like move the movie along and put some tension in there. Yeah. And and my understanding, right, from the little I read, but it sounds like you've kind of looked at it more, Willie, is that like a lot of like that, the stuff that's really more action based, like didn't really happen. Like like they were not being chased to the airport. No car chase. Like at right. the end or anything like that. Yeah. Like, like all that stuff didn't, didn't really happen. Like it was a thing that it's like, well, we got to get out. Like, well, like, let's get out of here quick before somebody changes their mind, maybe a little bit, but not like uh, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be thrown in jail or have the shit beaten out of them. Uh, for what it's worth, Belikov was a real person and stayed at Elorg after all this. And eventually, I, I'm not sure fled is the right word, but 
left Russia for America and then kind of, you know, has led a private life and not too much is known about him. But he, he, didn't, he did not get disappeared. Yeah. Well, good for him. I'm glad right. to hear that. Hopefully he was behind Dr. Mario or something like that. <laughs> he created Waluigi. Oh God! Uh, one of my one of the things I liked was the a little bit like it's a small thing, right? But I just enjoyed it. Was the um, the storytelling between scenes with a little eight bit eight bit overlays or character things on the cities? Yeah, let's 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 talk a little bit about that because the the well, the look of the movie in general is highly stylized, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Fucking like they couldn't make Russia look any more gray if they tried. Sure, um, um, but and and they, and it did have those stylized like there was like was the, was it did they call it levels like level one level two yeah. like like title card it, it, things? like yeah yeah like kind of as we went to a different maybe maybe normal you'd call them chapters maybe in, yeah. in the story they were yeah different levels and normally that's the kind of thing I would kind of bounce off and be like well that's kind of a heavy hand and stuff like that and there's like the car chase where they kind of video game it up a little bit and all that. But like, for some reason, like with the eighties aesthetic and the fact that it was like about Tetris, I don't know, like it, it worked for me. Mm-hmm. Same. I found it heavy handed. I'm, 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 I'm increasingly getting the sense that I'm the low man on this one. Um, mm. But like, yeah, I, I found it heavy handed. I I'll like, I'll put, put my cards down a little bit. I found this story very engaging I did not love the execution. I did not think it was extreme, very well directed personally. I, I like the performances and I like the story. I felt like there were a number of decisions and that probably being the, one of the biggest ones where it was just like, this is unnecessary. I feel like this, this felt like you're not trusting the performances in this and this plot enough. Like, and you're trying to like jazz it up a little bit. And I, I instead it feels, I don't know to me, it felt like it among other things. It was like, Yes, this is an 8-bit 80 story, but it's Tetris. Like it's like we don't have levels that look like this. There aren't people like it's a, it, and so all of that didn't really I don't know. Didn't didn't jibe for me and it felt a little incongruous. I got used to it. It wasn't the biggest deal. I did not like it when it came back for the car chase at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's my movie that's my two cents. By, movie was John, directed by John Baird, who's Seems to be like a former BBC guy, British guy, and I don't know. The only thing of substance I can call out that I know of is this Stan and Ollie movie, the the Laurel and Hardy. Um, I don't know if called biopic, but I don't know. Like I don't know. I don't know anything else he's done. Huh. Yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman was in that. Was it that Stan and Ollie? Right? No. John yeah. C. Riley. It's like, well, I'm pretty sure Philip Seymour Hoffman was dead by then. He was very, very dead. Yeah. Um, highlights of the movie for you, Paul. I don't, I don't have much more to dig in uh, uh, other than you know we can talk about some of the Hollywoodifications, but I think we kind of covered it with the car chase. Yeah, I, 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 the other thing I wanted to point out that I that worked for me, but I could see it not working is the music. Like, I thought they did a good job taking like the Tetris music and turning it in and like. They didn't just like use it too much. You didn't get like the straight Tetris music, but it, it they kind of wove it through like a whole bunch of parts of the movie to the point where like I wonder like you know do do you know for people who are younger than us or people who weren't like part of Tetris when it was huge like did they even notice? I don't know, but I did, and um, 
I thought it, I, I liked it. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I like that too. And, and and like you said, I like the fact that it wasn't just played straight. It's like they took that beginning first like five or six notes that doon do do doon like that and then like layered it into kind of like its own melodies and like they had like a sinister version when like they'd be when you'd be in like the KGB scenes or something bad would be happening to Hank or something like that and then they'd have like or or Alexi and then they'd have like kind of like the more like wondrous like you know like when things are going well that kind of thing so yeah, yeah I, I like that a lot actually I thought that was inventive I expected to hear the music like just straight and I think that would have as much as we all like that music I think it would have gotten old and mm. instead we didn't really hear it straight at all except maybe maybe once Actually, yeah I think you I think they you hear it diegetically a few times when they're playing right. the game yeah. and diegetically is fine by the way maybe maybe a hot take I don't know I've always preferred theme B in Tetris to, mm, to theme interesting. A. I know I, I know the A theme is the famous one, but What's the theme, theme B? is the one I prefer. The B theme is the like din did it in din din did it in din din. It's like din did it did it moves. I feel like it moves a little more. I also the other thing I want to call it, I really I really like the scene where Hank gets shown the prototype Game Boy. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and like it's just like a you know it's you, you don't think about it now but like it's it, it was such a jaw-dropping thing it's like i remember when the game boy came out it was just like you've got to be kidding me this is amazing yeah um and it's big and it's heavy and the screen looked like crap and the batteries didn't last very long but man it was awesome yeah and i like yeah i, I like how it's like they make him sign an nda before they show him and all that because it hasn't come out yet and yeah it's just it's just all very well done did you recognize that that Gray, the gray-haired Nintendo guy, like the, of the two Nintendo guys, he was. What was he from? He, he's, he's he's in Andor. He's he's like Mon Mothma's friend, who like who like oh, who tries to like help. Yeah, I like. So I was like, I know you. I, 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 I like, totally, you. I totally recognized him, but I couldn't play some. Right, right, time. absolutely. Yeah, he's probably in other stuff too. Like he he feels like one of like those guys where it's like, oh yeah, you see him in a whole bunch of stuff. I'll tell you what, if some of these things were true, for example, why is it a green screen and not color? It was like, well, four batteries instead of eight, right? Or um, what was another example of something fucking cool? Uh, I'm losing it. But like there, there was a couple things that were like, man, if that's true. Oh, like how close they were to losing it to Atari like or Sega, was it? It was Sega. Yeah, Sega, no, had, Atari. Sega had the arcade rights briefly and then they said Atari had, had made like a Nintendo version, like, you know, their own or something like that. Well, I don't yeah. know if you guys yeah. remember, like, shortly after the Game Boy came out, Atari came out with the Lynx and Sega, they came out with whatever the fuck it was called. Game Gear. It was actually Game Gear. The, the Lynx and the Game Gear was, yeah, several years later. Yeah. It yeah. was like mid 90s, 90, maybe, maybe like 94, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah. Just, just remember them coming out in color and be like, oh my God. It's a little color yeah. thing. And the games on them were terrible. The Game Boy games still held up. The Whatever their version of Excite Bike was called, it was like a motorcycle mm -hmm. game. And the little Mario Land was fucking awesome. Super Mario first. Land, yeah. That game was hard, Tetris. I remember. Mario that ran so really fast hard. in that game, and like it was so hard to control them. Yeah. That is true, though. What I did read is it, it is true um, that they were going to Mario Land was going to be the game that they were going to release the Game Boy with, and Hank convinced which makes them. sense. 
to take Tetris, and it was just a yeah. fucking slam dunk. It's surprising that he convinced them. Like, I mean, he did. It's a real thing, so it's fair. But it's like, it's right. surprising that it's like this guy who like doesn't work for them. Like, <laughs> just came and it's like, like you want to sell it with this, you're gonna make a lot more money. And they were just like, okay. Like, I'm sure that's not actually how it went down. Like, he had to. I mean, push. yeah, yeah. I mean, the movie plays it off like if you play Tetris for ten seconds, it's your, it's the best thing you've ever seen. Um, and you know, I mean, maybe it was just a case of like everyone was just like, oh my god, this game's amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know, but I mean, I mean, the way he says it, he doesn't use these words, but he basically says like, you know, like if you package it with Mario, you'll sell to a lot of kids. Like kids love Mario, but if you want to sell to like everybody, like everybody will like this game. And hey, that's fair. wrong. Yeah, yeah. That is that is a fair point. It was two things that made my jaw drop, which you know, obviously different time, right? We were kids, but. They played the um, fake commercial, or maybe it was a real commercial news broadcast about the Game Boy coming out. I was like, "That was definitely fake." But from the yeah. way I, I thought for a second, it was real, and then like the fidelity was, was too like, high to be real. And and just whatever, the, it the, felt a little the, modern too. But yeah, the copy like didn't sound right. Like there was something yeah. about it that was like, "Nah." Like I, I know the, what this would sound like for real. And and the real thing was like the framing of the the news broadcast. Like right. I don't like. Stuff at the time, it was so tight, and like he would have been like on top, like you know, he was like spread out. Like, it wasn't widescreen, but he was, you know, it just, it just, it felt like a modern interpretation of something from the right, right, right. Anyway, but that wasn't your point. <laughs> so yeah. my yeah. point was, if that thing was fucking eighty nine dollars, like it was like, oh my god, what a deal! Yeah, which I it think is, I, I, I definitely remember that when he said eighty nine dollars, like, oh yeah, it was. Yeah, I remember that. Which I, I, it has to be like why, like literally everybody had one, like. I mean, yes, not everybody had one, but like they were so popular. Yes, mm-hmm. um, you saw them everywhere, and I think they were like it, it was really cheap. I don't, I don't, I think the games too were like thirty dollars instead of were cheaper. Yeah, yeah, they were a little yeah. bit cheaper. Yeah. yeah, but the other thing is like there was no other mobile electronics for kids. Yeah, no, not- like all you had were those like those 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 uh, tiger LCD games. screens. <laughs> yeah, tiger, like tiger, tiger games. Yeah. Those are the worst. <laughs> they, they were the worst. Yeah. That definitely was boop. true to some extent. Was the um the way the game was started? It was like used to be like just fucking ASCII art, which is wild to think about the way it was played originally. Yeah, yeah, that was really that that was cool to see. Where it's just like like cl- like parentheses for like the each like block. Yep, that was very cool. I did think that like some of the some of the art some of the CG sets didn't look super great um especially the ones in the ussr like they uh, some of them just like it's like oh that looks pretty bad yeah, like the fucking like, tank scene the tank scene was all right it was actually like all like a lot of the establishing shots um where they just like gray them up a whole bunch right like it mm-hmm. just it just it just looked a little artificial and it was like ah. that's what happens when you film in uh scotland, scotland. <laughs> yeah the other thing the other thing also was like and i know like they're like i know to a certain extent, this is true. And to a certain extent, like this is a movie about like a certain amount of paranoia paying off. But like the movie really makes it seem like the KGB literally spies on everybody all the time. And it's like, well, unless the KGB is like half the population of the country, like I'm not sure that's actually feasible. Um, but they kind of they kind of play it off that way. And I get like, you know, this is like a foreign national coming over, like you're going to keep an eye on him. But like, there's also a lot of like ancillary conversations and stuff like that. It's just like, oh yeah, everything is just recorded, and like somebody's always listening to everything that happens. Um, 
and it just felt a little bit like eh, that's it feels it felt like just a little bit too much like the kgb was like always right around the corner and they were always like listening in and like it wasn't even just like it was a tape that someone's reviewing later like they even show like the person listening in she laughs at something stupid that hank right. says at some point right right um, right yeah and that just felt i don't know i like I, maybe that was true i don't know but it, it, it they just made it seem like everyone's being spied on constantly 24 7 that's not how it is well now well, it is but yeah and 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 I thought one thing that was a little weird to me was like they I don't know it's it's like they do that but then like and and they're clearly like looking at Alexi the whole time like like once like like as soon as Hank is in the country the first time and like right. meets with Alexi they're obviously shadowing Alexi as well it seems like or they're shadowing Hank and see that he goes to Alexi's like when he has dinner that first night and then they go to the uh to the whatever the underground party or whatever the that discotheque. is yeah exactly um but then it, it felt weird to me that with like how heavy-handed there are with the surveillance that like they didn't really do anything to Alexi that time except like a very vague like just like he goes and like kind of like very vaguely like kind of um sort of threatens Alexi in front of his kids, which he does like before Hank ever gets there as well. Right. Like, but, and and then the second time he like, you know, they like take away, like they, they like, you know, fire him and like take him away, you know, put him in his one room apartment and stuff like that, which is like fine. Cause he did more that time. But it, I guess it just surprised me that it's like, why'd you wait? Like what? Like, like you well, already knew he was like kind of doing something or just being kind of the, friendly. Kind of the same thing with Hank. Like they just kind of, kept telling him to leave and it's like why do you just march him to the airport at gunpoint and like make him get on an airplane right like, it, it 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 made it a little like questionable to me that it's like so like i don't know it, it felt like if you're gonna make the kgb that big a part of the story when in reality they probably were not quite that way like we know that he had his trans in real life he, the translator was kgb and was like watching him kind of you know it, that kind of thing but like not necessarily that all this other stuff was going on in real life and it's like if you're going to choose to do that like you have to kind of like they they play kind of inconsistently the kgb characters to me well i think the thing i think the thing that would have helped a lot uh, here we go again be telling a movie how to be better but eh. i think i think the thing that would have helped a lot is if they made it clear i don't know the character's name the, the main kgb bad guy valentine if they, if they made it more clear that he was actually running a scam on the side and like couldn't really tell the kgb what he was doing because like in the end, like he was just trying to get rich himself, right? Right. So, like, it's like, oh, he can exert his power, but not too much because if his boss notices, like, they'll, they'll start asking questions. If they had played it off like that, like, then you can kind of get away with it, right? That like he's trying to seem tough, but in the in the end, he's limited in what he can do. Right. It's it's true. I I guess that's the other thing that I kind of weren't wonder about. Like now that you mentioned it, it's like he's not KGB. I forgot about that. Right. Like he is actually part of the Central Communist Party. He's a, right. he's yeah. a politician. He's a party, he's a party right. official. Yeah. Right. He's he's an apparatchik, as they used to say. Um, and like it was unclear to me, like and, you know, maybe the movie can only get into so much. Like I'm not necessarily going to fault the movie on this because it's like you don't want it to be a super long movie and you want it to be engaging the whole way through. But like I was a little unclear as to like, OK, so he's not with the KGB. Like he doesn't work for the KGB, but he obviously can like order some of them around like he has agents who are like reporting to him like uh whatever it is sasha um and and that big 
you know guy who's like a huge the, guy yeah yeah, yeah the, the goon who like beats people up um but it's like where like how far does that extend like like because because it is like you said like i think it would make sense that like right maybe he doesn't like he can only do so much even if they didn't really go into that in the movie like he but like what what does he run up against because he doesn't actually work for the kgb so he doesn't have a boss who might look at him quite the same way like it, right it, but once gorbachev notices like that's the end of him right like that is true that is very yeah. true yeah so i think i think and i think that's a that's a failing of like you want a movie like this to have an antagonist right it can't just be like a faceless government agency like they want to put a face to it but they gave him a little bit too much power that because of the way the movie plays out he can't exercise right but i felt i don't know it's like i I can't say you should just cut these people out because you know you'd have to do other stuff with the movie but i kind of felt like to me i felt like the movie would make more sense if your antagonists are basically Stein and the Maxwells, who are basically your rivals for getting the, and then they're pretty, not, not, not Robert Stein so much, but like the Maxwells are definitely pretty odious. Like they're yeah. pretty worthy antagonists in a way. And they're the ones who have all the money and the connections, or it looks like they have all the money anyway, and, and the connections. So like that kind of makes sense on its own. And then the other quote unquote antagonist could just be like the, bureaucracy slash like weirdness of like a communist state that you're trying to work through to get this stuff like in itself is just like none of this makes sense like i'm like like you have to deal with it in a way that like is very different than how you would deal in any like western capitalist country and like he has to deal with that anyway and i kind of feel like the kgb being thrown into the mix in such an overt way like i think it's fine to still maybe have a thing where it's like Oh, Anna, by the way, like you're being looked at the whole time and like they don't trust you like and and like mm-hmm. they could like hinted that the whole time. But I don't really know that it was necessary. And maybe it's fine to even have a guy who's like, you know, like in their zeal to get the best deal. The Maxwell's end up bribing some politician who then kind of tries to go to work for them, which is what which is Valentine. But I feel like in making Valentine kind of like the main villain like that, that was the thing that kind of felt. It was one, it was probably the biggest of a few parts of this movie that felt like this is Hollywood formula creeping in in a way that I I don't like in this movie. Like, I feel like this movie would be better without so much of this formula. And I felt that way too with like, there were like minor characters here and there where I just felt like it's like, this is a very, this is drawn very formulaically, like the way mm-hmm. this character is being or the way they are acting here. Mo- uh, mostly with those KGB people, I would say. The other thing being like, I... I get it. Like, I get why it's there, like, from a here's why we're writing this. But, like, I kind of felt like the whole little thing with, like, it's like, you missed your daughter's recital and, like, you've lost track of what the real value is. Mm. It's like, is this necessary? Like, was this was this necessary? <laughs> this that, that whole thing just seemed kind of like, come on. Like, I, I will is, say, this like... This is dumb and I know exactly how it's going to end. Right. And, like, why are we doing this? I, I, I kind of felt the same way. And then the end credits rolled and I saw her her name as executive producer and sure I kind of went, oh i get it. right okay. right right so it's like okay this is why this year but like come on it's like i know you guys felt the same way it's like the moment she said she had a recital it's like well he's gonna miss that recital yeah you know and he's not boy, are they gonna yeah. be mad <laughs> <laughs> so yeah like that was a thing the the other thing since since i'm gonna getting into this the the other oh, you the other me, thing i did I was, you preempted the what what are your complaints about the movie oh, sure. all out now <laughs> yeah 
The other thing I really didn't like very much, I did not like the framing device of the first like 20 minutes of the movie where it's like he all the backstory is like, yeah, and he's explaining it to like his banker who's like put in the money. I don't know. I just felt like that whole thing. I liked Taron Egerton in this movie a lot, and I felt like he did a really good job. I felt like that was kind of a thankless task in the beginning to just do this huge expo dump like over like 15 minutes and it's like well it all started four years ago and then this happened two years ago and then these people and it's like you know and then this guy has to like listen to the whole thing and like as we're as like audience are gonna be like wow so you did oh okay wait do you don't have the money and it's like and it's kind of like can we just get past this part is there a better like it felt to me it felt very ham-fisted and i wish there had been a different way that they had gotten that information out i, I did not like, i mean like like That's... 20 minutes in i was kind of like eh, like and 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 then like when they got like when he first goes to russia it was like that was where i felt like the movie really picked up for me i think that's fair that part that, that didn't bother me because in my mind the thing that i was afraid of which i fucking hate is like okay we're gonna get half an hour into this movie and then a 10 minute flashback and then 20 minutes further into the movie and then another 10 minute fl- like i hate when they dole out the backstory in that way um and so i would kind of appreciate like all right we got it all out of the way like we we've set the table let's and now let's just like sprint to the finish like we got it and so in that it, like i can see how it felt ham-fisted but yeah it, it's not the, right i, I felt like it wasn't the worst choice they could have made for sure right like i i don't have a good alternative like i don't have a way that it's like oh they should have done it this way instead so like i'll concede that but i don't like if they if like it's one of, it's one of two things for me either like they shouldn't have done it that way or they should have done it in a way that seemed less like just i don't know like it just made me roll my eyes a lot in the in that opening part in in a way that was kind of like eh. like i really don't feel like it's the best beginning to the movie and then like i said i felt like the movie to me hit its stride when he first goes to the soviet union and then from that point on i was like all right like i'm into this all right Oh, one other thing, since we're doing a complaint. <laughs> Can we please retire holding out for a hero as like chase music and shit like that? Like oh, the yeah. moment the moment that started at the end, it was like, oh fucking A. Like this fucking song. Like it is so overused nowadays. And it was like as 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 much as I like other soundtrack choices at different points in this, like Final Countdown, which is like obviously a very used song it's not like it's not like wow they really like broke out like final countdown out of obscurity but that was fine and i felt like it like fit there and it was like i had no issue with it holding out for a hero was like really like we're doing chase musing and it's going to be holding out for a hero really yeah i agree with that it's yeah it's yeah we can we can put that one in away for a while yeah yeah minor point it's not it certainly didn't ruin the movie for me or anything but it was definitely like ugh. so um the Maxwells. I mentioned this at the mm. beginning. Um, first of all, I liked um, like I looked midway through the movie and then they showed him at the end at like the real Robert Maxwell. And man, they did a good makeup job on, on Roger Allen. Really good. He looked like he him. really looked like him. Yeah. Um, and the son is a very stock character as well. But I kind of like the way he played it. He was just such an asshole. Um, that it was it was just fun to just like every every time like something like doesn't go his way even for a second he's like a oh, fucking christ or like whatever like just like just like getting like so mad all the time and his insistence on everyone calling him mr maxwell was a nice touch yeah i, I, I mean, did the like thing that. that 
<laughs> and the fact that nobody would do it. And yes. Would, would yes. Yeah. That was a funny little. That was a funny little bit of business. I did like that. So, um, Robert Maxwell. Um, they mentioned this at the end, right? He he died mysteriously um in 1991 after he had like completely imploded basically he was skimming like millions hundreds of millions of dollars um from from, yeah yeah from the pension fund and had like billions of dollars in debt so like everything went kablooey um he died mysteriously um when uh he like fell off his yacht like he was found like he drowned um, he had this huge yacht that he owned, um, and the um, the uh, yacht was named uh, after his daughter. Uh, it was mm. named L- Lady Ghislaine because it was named after his daughter, Ghislaine Maxwell. Oh, get the fuck out of here. That's that. That's right. That's right. Whoa. His daughter, what, what his, daughter is, his daughter is Ghislaine Maxwell, who was... Jeffrey Epstein's friend who got arrested for sex trafficking and is currently doing hard time for years. Oh shit. So they're a real stand up family all the way around. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I just like, I was looking up Robert Maxwell. Cause I was like, I was like, like it, when, you know, midway through the movie, I had like paused. I was like, is this, so this guy's real. I assume like, what's his deal. And then it mentioned, it hadn't mentioned that, but it mentioned like lady, his, his yacht, lady Ghislaine. And just seeing that name, I was like, wait a minute lady Ghislaine and it was like after his daughter and I was like wait a minute and I clicked on it I was like holy shit Jesus yeah so I thought that was kind of a cool little thing that it's like yeah those Maxwells so they thought he got murdered or some shit um he just he he did, did who get murdered Robert Maxwell yeah he just just fell off his yacht Dive, yeah. I mean, maybe he killed himself. I don't know. I mean, he was in pretty bad, he owed a lot of money. There was like, there was, and like his reputation had been ruined basically by that point. And then, as I mentioned, like his his kids ended up having to like stand trial for all kinds of stuff. Um, Hmm. yeah, and you know, in the movie dramatization, while the son is an absolute piece of shit it definitely makes it look like he does not like he's an honest piece of shit. I guess we would say like, like he doesn't want to bribe anybody and he doesn't, and he doesn't seem to have any knowledge that there is like any financial improprieties going on at the company either. Right. Which, right. Like, and they don't even make it like that. He's a moron. Just that like his father's hiding it all from him. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of because he thinks that his son's kind of a moron, or at least kind of a fail son, which maybe he is. Um, but you know, you don't really get to say that when you're the one who's like right. basically embezzling hundreds of millions of dollars. And in the end, like his son was right. He was like, like he did have that astute observation where he's like, communism is collapsing in Russia, and everybody's just grabbing whatever they can. And right. his father was like, yeah, whatever. I know Gorbachev, like, this will be fine. And like, right. And then he goes actually there. turned out to be right. Yeah. Yeah. And Gorbachev more or less says the exact same thing. Yeah. I was not expecting uh, to see Gorbachev in this movie. I know they name dropped him like five times before he showed up, mm-hmm. but I was not expecting to see him anywhere. No, me neither. And then we like, it was fine. It was like fine. it wasn't even, yeah. I mean, it was mainly that one scene, but then he's like, you know, at the big, 
parade or whatever and kind of like you know gets told by sasha about like valentine or whatever so yeah it's like he, he definitely has like a little bit to do like he's kind of integral to the plot in the end hmm. uh anything else before we slap grades on think so anything from you yeah no let's do it let's start i think we're gonna start at the lowest on the totem pole and start with nish based on me reading the room the proverbial all right sure um yeah i mean so like i said like my issue with this movie is mainly just that of execution like i i feel like to me i felt like the director and maybe the screenwriter like didn't trust the story they had enough at times and like tried to like jazz it up maybe a little too much for my liking in terms of like i i just feel like there's like action scenes and some other subplots and all that that don't really need to be here but that being said i do feel like the performances are engaging and i really like this story overall like like the overall story they are telling is a very interesting story one i very much did not know about um and so i i like that so like i'm gonna give it a three but like i would acknowledge that, you know, it's like you could definitely easily go higher if you didn't have the same issues that I had, as it sounds mm. like you probably didn't. I don't think I had the same issues. Um, I'm slightly higher. I'm a three and a half. I teeter towards a four, but I'm, I'm going to give it an even three and a half. Um, I think my chief complaint was the... I didn't, I, I didn't mind the setup at all. I actually quite like the setup. I thought the movie Breeze kind of hit a screeching halt anytime we went to Japan. Um, I also would have liked it's to see true. more. Um, by Japan, I mean in, like his home life. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have liked to see more because in the end, it was about getting the rights for Nintendo and, and using the cash to do, do, what was it called? Bulletproof software? Yeah. Um, I would have liked to see more Nintendo stuff. I really enjoyed those those scenes there. I mean, the Game Boy scene was just like fucking awesome, and I would have liked to see more interaction with the Game Boy stuff. So, um, yeah, but the performances I thought were good. Storytelling was was really solid. It's it's a three and a half. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, I, I am going to go higher and give it a four. I mean, this like sometimes a movie, you know, either, a movie can either like charm you or it doesn't, right? Yeah. And this was a movie that definitely charmed me. Um, I watched this movie on a plane today, um, and I was like, all right, well, uh, like I, I kind of was like, I'm going to grip my teeth and just kind of get through this movie thinking like, ah, it's probably not going to be super great. And, and then I, I like paused it halfway through and I was just like, ah, I'm really liking this. Like I'm, I'm, mm. I'm really enjoying watching this. Um, and, and yeah, it really, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it worked on me. And like some of the things that like Nish said is like, you know, not necessarily trusting the story i took to read as like people who are, who are almost possibly too much in love with the story um and think they just have like the coolest you know thing and they just want to like you know kind of overstuff the bag a little bit um because they're just trying to pour so much into it but um yeah all in all i i, I really liked it like yeah, i don't think it's going to be a movie i'm going to revisit much if ever um but you know i found it really charming and and really liked it I will say, like, if I did revisit it, and I don't know if I will, like, just like you said, I'd probably like it a little more because, like, I, you know, it, the things I didn't like are the kind of things I could probably look past fairly easily now that I know they're there. Mm. And, 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 but, hmm. um, 
when um, Alexei got frustrated, he didn't throw his thumb at uh, Hank. That's true. Wow, she heard me talking. <laughs> he, he didn't throw his thumb or any of his other fingers. What a waste. Yeah. They also never noted, I mean, you never could see it for sure. Um, but I'm gonna assume that Hank never peed his hotel bed while he was I don't know, know, he was in in some stressful situations. He was, he was. But you know, I I would have thought that when Sasha comes in his room and it's been ransacked and all that and she tries to kiss him or whatever, that she would have noted like it smells like urine in here. You know. She would have I thought that was funny, by the way, where he gets the facts of them kissing and is like, stay away, we have pictures. Like, in, in that scenario, like, I feel like he's got a pretty strong case to just, like, go to his wife and be like, here's exactly what happened. Like, and here's the picture. Like, right. Like, it doesn't, like, he didn't actually do anything compromising. And it's like, it's pretty easy to, like, relatively speaking, like, it's pretty easy to believe, like, what's going on. Right. Like, not only did they set me up, but, like, they took pictures of setting me up. Like, and here they are kind of a thing, you know? Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. And this also, is why they did a photocopy it. Photocopy of my butt. Just slide that one in <laughs> Thought you'd like this. Oh, uh, what one thing that I remembered, by the way, and this is like totally one of these nerd things that annoyed me. Um, there's there's a line uh, when Hank first goes to see the head of Nintendo in Japan, and he's like convincing him to take Tetris or something, and he has this line about like what's important is partnership. It's like, mm-hmm. that's why Mario has Luigi. That's why Zelda has Link. That's why Mike Tyson has whoever he's punching in Punch-Out, right? And it's, it's like, always little Mac. Zelda and Link are not about? partners. Like, it's like, first of all, What's Zelda that? and Link are not partners. Like, what are we talking about here? Second of all, right. Mike Tyson is not the main character of Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Yeah. Like, Mike Tyson like, Tyson like there was a part of me Mac. that was like, he's a work. It's one person. Yeah. <laughs> right. You but it, it, Mike, Tyson is, Mike, Mike Tyson is kind of like a guest star in Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. It, it, Although I will say this, it did ring true for how two executives would talk about video that games. Is, that is fair. That is fair. That yeah. is like, I have a passing familiarity with <laughs> yeah. this. Let me pretend I have more than that. Yeah. 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 That was definitely what I was saying. I was like, this doesn't work. I, I don't even know what that screenshot thing. was from. Like they showed like they showed Mario and Luigi. And I was yep. like, all right, Mario and Luigi. Then they had the shot of like two people like taking like the things like together and it was like what game is this from that would have been so, out in 19 it wasn't it was from it was from a super nintendo version of zelda because right. that was is, the is, first is, time is, you is, could is, play as zelda right it was from zelda link to the past right or was it from after remember. that yeah i don't know which one it was from but yeah it was from yeah yeah i thought so it also looked like i was like this doesn't look 8-bit either yeah for <laughs> yeah but was anyway. there a mike tyson picture i don't think there was a mike tyson picture there was, yeah, yeah. There, there was, was a shot yeah. of there was a shot of Mike Tyson knocking down little knocking Mac, down yeah. little Mac, yeah. Little Mac was mm-hmm. glowing, glowing purple or pink or whatever, as you do when you're out of hearts. <laughs> I didn't ask you, Mitch. Do we have any emails? Um, we don't have um any emails that I felt like would make sense to read. I actually had a question of my own in in the Whoa. vein. Of an email. Questions are coming from inside the podcast. That's right. Uh, there was, there was, uh, yeah. I, I thought about it because I was like, eh, like we don't really have any emails for this. Uh, for you should have written an email, send it to us. I should have, but instead, I'll, I'll ask a question because so, I was looking at our last um, 
uh, episode, which was the Banshees of Incheren episode that you just name dropped with your thumb comment. Um, and I was remembering that when we were talking about it, Paul, I believe you mentioned that like you went into that movie not only not knowing anything about what it was really about, but also like thinking that it was like your typical, like this kind of like sort of uh, Oscar bait kind of like mm-hmm. genteel sort of middle brow kind of kind of movie. Right. And very so, introspective. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the question I had for you is like, what are, what is like the movie that first comes to mind when you th- like for that kind of movie? Like, what do you think of first? Like if, if you were just like thinking like, ah, like this movie that like, is gonna you know will get nominated because it's this kind of movie but it's like there's really nothing there necessarily i mean the literally the first thing that popped in my head when you laid out the description was crash okay sure <laughs> a movie that i think is absolute trash uh, but it's 100 percent oscar bait yeah those are those are both good good options i think I think I, th- I think what American Beauty has going for it a little more is that like there are some decent performances in American Beauty, which I wouldn't even really say about Crash. Um, I think I think everyone in Crash is like playing like way too high in that movie. Yeah, Crash is a piece of crap. <laughs> um, forgot about that yeah, movie, those are, those are good. I was thinking more like when I was thinking about it, I was thinking like also additionally more of like the either period piece or like like that that feel to mm-hmm. it as well where it's like oh it's like also like people are in like costumes of some sort oh yeah or something and like movies that it made me think of were like shook a lot or like oh, or yeah, like, like movie. yeah or even like or even movie. like i don't mind that movie but it's kind of like the, yeah like um, like i also feel like they're like a, the um yeah movie. i mean amadeus has a lot of that going on as well amadeus i like a lot though mm-hmm. um so um and another one that came to me was like the king's speech which is fine and i feel like colin's firth colin firth is very good in it but i don't like that like that movie won best picture and i kind of feel like it's like really king's speech it's like all right what percentage of of best picture winners do you think hold up insofar as as like looking back on it you'd be like oh yeah that was definitely the best movie of that year that's hard. Maybe like probably probably not many at all. I think yeah. like if, if you relaxed it a little bit to be like, okay, this was like one of the five or six best movies, then maybe there are a few more. Cause because I just feel like it's it's like like you can have years where like a very good movie won best picture, but like looking back, like it's like that is a great movie, and I understand why it could have won best picture, but there's also this other movie that came out that you can't understand how in the world this movie didn't win best picture. Right. I mean, there are a few out there, right? Like it's like the Godfather won best picture and it's like, I mean that, you know, I don't think there's anything that came out that, that you have to be able to look at and be like, it's a, well, this should have won instead of the Godfather. Hmm. But there probably aren't a ton. I, w- I would agree with you, Paul. 25%. Yeah, that's, just, my, that's my guess. Like, at the end of the day, I don't know. I, ju- I just don't put much stock in the, the Academy and what they're choosing movie, the criteria they're choosing movies on. Yeah. Yeah, and well, yeah. I, I never put stock in the idea that something was best picture because I think that, I mean, that's also like a very, tra- like, it's like really like the best movie of the year. Like, what, what, what are we doing with that? Like, even like a right. really good film, like it's like, like, for instance, like 2007, which was like an amazing movie year. Um, 
best picture was No Country for Old Men. And it's like, you can make a case that's the best movie of the year. You can also make a case that there are a few other movies that you would put above it. But it's like, I'll count that one because it's not an egregious like it's like I feel like if you look at that, it's not like, oh, my God. Like, how did this piece what of shit win when they're all uh, there will be the blood back here? Oh, there no, blood. no, like there will be blood came out and like like the other nominees, I feel like were like Juno and like Atonement and Michael Clayton was that year. There were a lot of like there were a lot of non Oscar movies that year that were really good, like that I like anyway. Like Zodiac was that year. Um, Ratatouille was that year, which is my favorite Pixar film. Hmm. Um, yeah, there 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 are a lot of them. Totally forgettable for me. I don't remember anything about it. Michael Clayton, uh, written and directed by Tony Gilroy, the guy who did Andor, and we talked about him. I think when we uh when we talked about Andor. I know because I was just listening to our Andor episodes. <laughs> how are how are they? They're all right. They're good. I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed revisiting them and and revisiting kind of like just remembering Andor, which is yeah, just fucking great series. All right. If you want to email right. us, Nish, where do you find us? Yeah, if you want to email us, you can uh, send email to talktopodflix at gmail dot com. And uh, I know, I know. We don't even know what that is, if we ever did. We got a blue check mark now, though, right? Oh God, <laughs> no, not, not unless uh, you think we were gifted one, because we, <laughs> cert- no we certainly what... didn't shell out eight bucks. <laughs> you think you think no, Elon fine. gifted us one? <laughs> Probably. I think we I think we deserve it. We're so integral to the discourse. Mm-hmm. That's right. I know. I think we are. Yeah, I hope we didn't get a blue check mark. I'm assuming not. <laughs>